Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, what's happening? We're live in uh, Conyers, Georgia, here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, here on a Wednesday edition of uh, Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. You know what uh, I found out in Conyers, Georgia, Casey? Peanuts? Food. Food is really good. No, it's got no peanut, nothing to do with peanuts this time. It's uh, There's a place called Nana's Chicken and Waffles. Well, that sounds fine. And I might start driving up here like every month just to eat there. Really? Is that good? Yeah. I don't know why I'm whispering. I know why you are. I don't know why I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm at a ballpark. I'm down the right field line. Am I kind of sound like my golf voice is on? A little bit. I don't Instead know why I was doing it. projection voice. I'm back now. I'm back for the yeah. chicken and the Yell waffles. Yell for me. Yeah. Yell for me. Bring us some energy. Sounds exciting. But anyway. Though. You know, sometimes you eat stuff and it's just like, my goodness, that was really good. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not a picky eater, so, like, everything tastes good to me. Sure. But then, like, once in a while, you just eat. I had, like, this Creole omelet. So, it was, like, shrimp and crawfish, like, in an omelet. Think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, about it. You're not digging it? I'm not sure. Are you not a seafood guy? No, like, I'm fine with shrimp. Like, I, I could eat it. I'm just not sure. Like, I've never considered those, like, shrimp being inside of eggs. Like, I've never once considered that until right now. That's yeah. why. But when yeah. you said chicken and waffles, I kind of thought you'd be like, I had the chicken and waffles, not I had well, shrimp and eggs, you know? Yeah, well, Ty got, Ty got the, shri- uh, the chicken and waffles. So I was could try a couple things, and it was very good. Yeah. And I had some. Um, but they had, like, you could put, like, banana pudding on the waffles with the chicken and waffles. You could put, like, cinnamon roll kind of uh, stuff. I mean, it, it mm. was good. The only thing I missed out on really why I'd like to go back, I'm a big banana bread fan. You like banana bread? Not really. It has fruit in it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, how, you can't taste the fr- It doesn't seem like fruit. It's bread, man. Anyway, I like banana bread, right? Okay. Some people like like a pumpkin bread or mm-hmm. or maybe it's like a lemon loaf or something like that, yeah. right? I'm a big banana bread guy. And I saw in there, they're like, oh, Nana's banana bread. And obviously, it's homemade. Sure. Well, they were out of it. Nana didn't make it today. Nana. Yeah. Why? And so it's also got like some drizzle something on or other. I was like, oh, now I want to go back and just get the banana bread. So, uh, anyway. Amanda makes banana bread, by the way. It's, I, I love banana bread. We make it. We make it. Um, but anyway, so if you're up in Conyers, Georgia, then uh, I think you should maybe try Nana's chicken and waffles. And get the banana bread. So yeah, Frank like, can get it. You know what the other thing about that place? I said to Ty, I was like, why isn't, like, drivers, what is that called? Drivers, dine-in, Diners, dives. drive-ins, and dives, yeah. Yeah. That's like me getting, like, uh, KJM correct on the show. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I don't know which one goes, which D goes first, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's like, this is the perfect place for this. Like, how hasn't this guy been here before? This and, guy. Yep. You know, Fieri. Fieri. Yeah. What's his name? Guy Fieri. Guy? Yep. This guy. This get guy. It? Yeah, I get it. And uh, <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I'll give you one more thing, okay, on Conyers, where I am, Georgia. All Tyler right. Austin. Uh, Major League Baseball player from here. Uh-huh. Jill Arrington. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS Sports. Okay. Do you remember a pitcher by the name of Billy Buckner? Not the Bill Buckner uh, like yes. first base. Actually, I do. Um, well, he's from here, apparently. Okay. Okay. And so we got what other names do we have from here? Uh, let's see. Let me look. Let me look. How about Dakota Fanning? Like the Dakota Fanning? I think that's the Dakota Fanning. I know Big Dakota Fanning. Right? Does she have a, 
Uh, does it? I mean, does it is uh, L fanning? Uh, L would be sister. her sister. Yeah. Is she famous too? Yeah. Oh, it's like L. The code is way bigger than L, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it's relatively close now. L Fanning's bigger right now. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Dakota Fanning was big. I remember Dakota Fanning. She was in Twilight. That's why I remember her. Okay. You ever seen Twilight? Uh, no. It's about vampires and such. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I know. It. I think I've heard of it. And know what it's about. I've just never, never seen it. Yeah, not a vampire guy. She knows about it. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you a couple more, by the way. Um, Grady Jarrett, NFL player for the Falcons. All ben of Jones. these people are from Conyers, Georgia? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's a long list. I'm, like, I'm not even – you probably would know more than me. Like, I'm not even getting them all in here. But I think you'll know these. That these don't do much for me at all, but, but you'd probably do. Ben Jones, crazy Cooter Davenport in the Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Did you know he's a politician now as well? I did not. And DeForest Kelly, Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, you know, more Star Wars, but sure. I know who you're talking about. Oh, in Star Wars as well? No, I'm saying I like Star Wars more, oh, oh, but oh, I know oh, who you're talking about. So no. there you go. There's your little history. Oh, Jeff Collins, football coach at Georgia Tech That's from Conyers. I can't. And there's more. But like, I'm not like, there's like a whole list. So it also got me thinking, what do we have to do to get on the list of like, like your hometown, Palmetto, right? I uh, know much. If we, if we put, like, Rumford, Rhode Island. Like maybe I just go in and put my name on the list. Like, literally all we have to do to get on the Palmetto list is make the actual Wikipedia page. Because I'm sure there's not one. <laughs> so if we make the Wikipedia page, we can put it. Well, we can put me on there. And then, yeah, I don't know about Rumford, but it sounds like it's a similar thing. By the way, Akil Badu plays for the Tigers also from uh, wherever you are. Conyers? Yeah. You know, over the years, I feel like I've seen a lot of Georgia, which would make sense. We're from a... Georgia Bulldogs were about an hour away. And so, but I think, like, guys that we did stories on or big-time players, and they're not on this list because maybe they didn't go to the NFL or something, but I bet there's been some really good Georgia Bulldogs from Conyers, Georgia. I just feel like I've seen that over the years, like when we're talking about X player. And, and none come to mind right away, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised given it's the fact that it's uh, right down the road. It is amazing how much you can drive around Atlanta and technically kind of still be in Atlanta. Yeah, it's massive. It's a lot of area and places to go. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just amazing. So, anyway, we continue to do that. Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, uh, here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. You know, today we're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Jacksonville Giants, uh, our celebration of local sports. We're hooping. What's that? We're hooping. We're hooping. Yeah, we're hooping today uh, with the Jacksonville Giants and really like the most successful franchise, I mean, maybe in Jacksonville history. From a championship perspective? They do stay winning. They do. Yeah. They really do. I mean, they're very relevant in the ABA and, and always have a very good team. So uh, we'll talk uh, to, to coach and uh, player or maybe even two about the Jacksonville Giants coming up uh, on the show uh, later today. But uh, we kind of get back to normal sports talk after yesterday's baseball celebration show, which you can certainly find um, on the podcast and into Action Sports Shacks OT last night where Casey played and, and talked to even a couple more guys. Uh, and then tomorrow we've got our 2022 Jags preview show where you'll hear our interviews uh, over the last couple of months with some players like Trevor Lawrence, so one-on-one -on -one with him. I think it's the only one that's been done here in town. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you get that, and uh, you get a guy like Andre Sisco and also uh, Travis Etienne leading into the season. So if you missed any of those over the last uh, couple of months when we've caught up to them, uh, we're going to check in with those guys and also talk position by position uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars so therefore I'm not going to go position by position yet here today I uh, will obviously be talking about training camp 
coming up on, on Monday for the Jags. I always wonder about this. I used to ask Austin about it. Like, when you get to this stage of the summer and you only have a couple more, like, uh, days left before it's go time, like, in your mind as a player, is it already go time because you want to be ready and hit the ground running? Or are you like, I am going to enjoy these last few days because it's not over and it's about to be a grind? Like, at any level, really, you could say that. Like, from high school uh, to college and, and especially in the NFL where it's your job. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder that, Casey. I wonder if these guys, like, one last big dinner, you know, let's go uh, out and have a good time one more time. Let's go on a little mini vacation for the next couple of days. Uh, yet I, I got to believe the way these guys operate, they're probably, like, already getting locked in uh, for the 2022 season because, on, on one hand, Doug Peterson has been very good to them, and he gave them mandatory minicamp off, and he also could have even brought the team back earlier for camp uh, given the Pro Football Hall of Fame game and everything else. And so he's been very good uh, to the team. And I think uh, in response, as a player, your job is to be really get ready to go uh, when you get in there on uh, Sunday in your report and on Monday when you get practicing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's um, unintentionally you brought this to my attention, but I think that's an interesting sub subplot where Doug Peterson did give them all those extra time off and they responded well to it. And then now if you show up, and you're not in shape and you're not in a good position to succeed, well, then you kind of, you know, you betrayed the trust that Doug Peterson had in you, right? So I think that is going to be an interesting subplot. Hopefully it's not a problem that we have to discuss on the radio. Hopefully everybody's in shape and ready to roll. But that would be, I think, a blow to Doug Peterson if some if a couple guys come in and they're not ready to perform after all the extra time they were given off. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and that's the thing. I think there's a respect there. I think that's how players and coaches work together. And that always doesn't happen. Look, we were just talking the other day about uh, Leonard Fournette, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't appear like that's going to happen with Leonard, with a new coach. Would Leonard have let himself go if Bruce Arians was still the head coach? Probably not. I'd be a little more scared of Bruce Arians. Yeah, and I don't know the answer. I'm just asking. And so, therefore, like, I believe everybody will come in shape, ready to go, based on how they were treated. And um, I think that's the responsibility of the player. So I don't think we're talking about a couple more beach days, a, a quick little vacation. Uh, I think these guys are already, like, if camp started tomorrow, I guarantee you these guys would be ready to go. Uh-huh. Uh, and most of them are in Jacksonville anyway. More and more guys over the years have stayed in Jacksonville this time of year uh, and, and want to be here. And that is even going to magnify over the next couple years as this performance center gets built because now guys have at their disposal all the things they want and need uh, with that performance center. And, and that's the big thing. Can you get everything you need? Uh, do you have to go out to California? Do you have to go to Miami? Do you have to go? I think it was uh, Minshew went down to like Fort Myers uh, for a little bit as well in that area and worked with a guy. So uh, I would think that the uh, – the Jaguars will kind of continue to stay around here as they get this performance center and more and more things that uh, that they need. Uh, are we getting excited for football season? Like, is it here? The All-Star game just finished up. There's a very quiet time in baseball. we got SEC, ACC media days. I think are overrated, but we got them. Uh, is, do, do we not really ramp up yet this year because, like, fans can't even go to camp? Do you think, like, there's a... Like, the temperature around Jacksonville will kind of be a little bit lighter than usual. Um, one, because they're in wait-and-see mode anyway. But two, because they might not uh, be able to really get a glimpse until maybe the Hall of Fame game on August uh, 4th or when you come back home for those first couple of preseason games. So I think that could limit at least some of the late July and, and really early training camp like excitement 
around the Jacksonville Jaguars from an in-city fever kind of standpoint. Yeah, I think the diehards will still be locked in, right? We got people all months of the year commenting on the feed, talk Jags, like there's nothing going on. So, like, the diehards are locked in, I imagine, and they'll be locked into the 45-second training camp videos that Brent Martineau and others will be posting. So, yes, they will. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Have that, a responsibility. You, yeah, hey, who are you telling? You really do have a responsibility. So I think, I, you know, I think there'll be the normal buzz, even though fans can't be out there, to be honest with you. Me personally, you know, let's we'll start playing games. I don't know. I don't like, tra- like, the training camp's fine. Like, I shouldn't say I don't like it. But, like, never in the history of life, like, as a fan, have I been like, man, you see him running those sprints, though? Like, I just can't, I can't get locked into training camp. As a fan. As a job, yeah, I will, because, you know, part of the job. But, like, as a fan, before I had the job, I was never like, hey, let's see the catches that so-and-so made today, because that's definitely going to translate to October. What's more exciting uh, for a fan, the uh, training camp or draft? Oh, draft. Really? I think so. I love the draft. So maybe I'm speaking just for myself. I think draft, there's so many possibilities. Like, everybody wants something. Not, I mean, but Trevor Lawrence, nobody wanted anything different. But, like, even this year, everybody wanted something different, it felt like. So, I think the draft, there's more to be potentially excited about and things could be different. With training camp, like, you you know what's going to happen for the most part, right? I mean, like, we're going to watch right tackle. We don't know what's going to happen at right tackle. But, like, where else? You pretty much have an idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, I guess I, I, my curiosity there, and by the way, there are some draft-like geeks right like really really like it um but i yeah i do think the i think the the, at least the one thing about camp is they're playing football and that's the team that you do have out there and it's about to matter so i think it almost like is the 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 precursor for to like set up the season that you need and kind of get your clock going. And I mean, in general, it's a time of year over the next three weeks where our our body clocks are, okay, if you're from the north, it feels like, okay, it's going to be fall soon, or at least for a majority of people, hey, my kids are going to school or the kids are going to school or something like that soon. So it's almost like a calendar flip where I don't know if we get that in April as much. I guess we could say it sets up the summer, uh, but I'm not sure the draft kind of feels that way. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting question, like which – which one do you get more jack, jacked up about? Um, I'll put up but I think poll. training camp. I think training camp wins the day. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. But I think training camp wins the day because, like, there are legit like battles that go on in camp. And you're, you're right. Decisions are about to be made. The, the biggest one is Walker Little and Jawan Taylor on the right tackle side. Like that is the biggest decision I think the Jags have. Uh, but there's probably some other decisions that uh, the team has that that maybe we don't see right now or it's just like a special teams thing or obviously they have a kicker that they they need to figure out the kicker situation which has been just really not good ever since it was really good um over the last couple of years they have got to figure that out so i I think there is something about camp um and and i wonder that's why i kind of brought this up is i just wonder because fans won't be able to see it will the twitter videos be enough will watching cbs 47 and fox 30 be enough will listen to espn 690 and us talk about what happened be enough uh one thing that i've really shied away from in camp over the last uh, few years is getting too crazy about like a play or too positive about this or that because we've seen the results um and so i think there are going to be a lot of people that listen and watch and see and most of the time it's going to be positive information because that's kind of what happens in camp like there's not a lot of things that go terribly wrong in camp 
and then they're going to have to marry those opinions, thoughts, narratives with what they look like in a preseason game or eventually, obviously, early in the season. So I think that dynamic this year is pretty fascinating where a lot of people can't just um, make opinions of their own. They really can't because they're not there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, – you have to trust us, Casey. Brent, this just popped in my head. This is my chance. I've been wanting the Twitter clout the whole time. I just need to post videos of everything. You really right? listen because I got a pass, right? Or no? Do I have to watch your videos? No, you got a pass. Sweet, uh, bro. I'm gonna beat every single. I'm Walker Little walking to the field. What's he gonna look like today, <laughs> bro? It's gonna be nuts. That could really raise your profile, by the way. Yeah, like uh, that has worked for yeah. countless people. I just have to get there at 8 a.m. though, which is really scum. So. <laughs> So you're not going every day. Bro, maybe it'll be like Walker Little after a good day at practice walking off the field around like 1030 because then I can be there. You know. Um, that's a good call. I mean, I just think I think there is this dynamic to it all this year that has been uh, different than, than the past. And um, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm interested to see what the Jags look like. Uh, and, and I'm interested to see how positive we can make this sound. <laughs> And then what reality shakes out of this uh, season? Because, again, I mean, you you can point to me like I've been guilty of this before, right, Sunshine and Rainbows guy. It's not just me. Uh, It's like there's a lot that comes out of camp that's just like, hey, that was a nice play, right? Hey, uh, this side looks good. This guy guy dominated today, right? This, that, this. And, I mean, yeah, you can say, hey, a guy dropped the ball. But a guy dropping a ball never really becomes much of a narrative. And so um, it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, uh, what the narratives are uh, based off the reality of the situation uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars here in 2022. It's a different camp. It shapes up to be a different camp. It's different for us, different for you. Um, but uh, it kicks off next week, and that's why we get fired up and ready to talk about it. We'll have a whole show about the Jags coming up on uh, Thursday edition of ESPN 690. Hey, Major League Baseball did something really cool yesterday, and uh, Major League Baseball continues to have some wins you know, along the way. It's been a nightmare at times for uh, big league baseball. But they also have a lot of W's uh, over the last uh, couple years, it seems. We'll talk about the All-Star game. What you see? What you like? And uh, we also take a look at our predictions halfway through the season, really half, more than halfway through the season, and who's predicted uh, to uh, win the whole thing. Uh, John Carlos Stanton, the MVP, that doesn't sit too nice with me. But uh, good for him. I don't even remember Stanton in the All-Star game recently. Has he always, like, hurt this time of year? No, it's, they said it was his first one since being a Yankee. So, like, first one since 17. It can't be the first one that he would have got voted into, though, right? Yeah, that I don't know. Couldn't be. Like, didn't he just hit, like, 60 homers a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah, he must have just been hurt. But, yeah, for, yeah, I was surprised, too. First one since 17. When they said yeah. that, I was like, really? But Yeah, me too. Um, all right, uh, we'll take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, staying on the road up here in Georgia here on a Wednesday. Jacksonville Giants Day as well. We'll have some conversations about uh, one of the most successful franchises from a championship point of view uh, we've ever seen in Jacksonville. It's coming up next. The student of the game that people don't see how smart he is, um, the attention to detail, you know, on the mound at the plate. Uh, you know, I really didn't realize that the first, you know, after last year and now this year, starting to realize that talking to him and starting to get to know what uh, he does, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive. I might guess that was Mike Trout, although I'm not sure. Was Mike Trout talking about Shohei Otani? That's who definitely they were talking about, I'm thinking. It was Mike Trout, yes. 
That was. Okay. Something in his voice didn't sound like Trout, but I guess overall I haven't really heard him talk that much over the years. He doesn't really, yeah. Um, Shohei Otani putting on another show. Hey, here's the deal. Shohei apparently pitching uh, Friday here in Atlanta. Maybe I should stay. I mean, you should. He's the best player to ever play the sport. <laughs> I mean, it's something that you'll, you know, if, you know, Babe Ruth did it. So, you know, if you can That's tell true. your... Your great great grandkids that you saw the modern day Babe Ruth, or That's good what people are going to call him the old day Shohei Otani. Old day Shohei, <laughs> I like that. Yep, I like that. But That's yeah, good. you should go definitely. Um, do you think like Shohei Otani? This is a funny conversation we we're having this last night at dinner. Is Shohei Otani like household name guy by now? Yeah. And and by the way, when I say that, like you got to be careful how you answer that in your world, like your life, right? Yes. Um, but, like, in my world, you could name an actor or a show or a musician, and, like, I just don't think about any of them, know many of them, and it just, that's not where my brain goes and my mind goes. And so, like, you'd be shocked of people that I don't know. And so I'm sure there's a whole population that really doesn't know as much about this guy, yet everybody has heard of Babe Ruth before, you know? Mm -hmm. So my point being is, like, they are... Is are there a lot of people missing out on the Shohei Otani phenomenon that that has kind of taken over baseball? And I I think the answer probably is yes. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I think you know ESPN could do him a solid instead of talking about LeBron in the off season, like put him as the lead of the show on SportsCenter because he's worth it. But yeah, I think I mean baseball fans know a lot of sports fans know, but I'm sure it probably flies under the radar because one baseball is boring, and two. Like, he's he's not American in America. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that probably plays in a little bit. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, I think that certainly is a part of it. And I, I'm trying to think. Uh, give me the biggest um, non-American sports star. Messi? Uh, but I'm saying, like, in the United States. Like, that oh, plays in, uh, is, is, like does, he play, does Messi play well in the United States? I would say probably not, right? I mean, not as well as he does everywhere else, but yeah. Okay, so non-American, like... I mean, like, the best examples of this over the years has been the Wayne Gretzky's of the world, That's right? What I was, was going to say McDavid, but you probably... Uh, Sidney Crosby. And Crosby. Ovechkin. And, and they're hockey guys because they're playing... They're dominating what, what a sport that is kind of played in the United States, but Canada feels like America still. Like, how many people really know Gretzky and Crosby, like, 100% are from Canada? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. And so, like, I, I'm, and by the way, I'm not sure this is like, this isn't like, I'm not sure there's a bias here in that sense. I think we're so global now and we're so diverse. I think we like our sports. Um, you know, we like our athletes and we appreciate greatness. It's just, I don't know of many that stick out that I would say, wow, like he's a, I'll give you one. Here, here's maybe the biggest one going right now. The Greek freak. That's a good one. And like, certainly doesn't feel American, but is, uh, in my estimation, kind of beloved and well-known across the globe, but uh, here in the United States as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, does, Doesn't have the cachet of LeBron James even, even though his game's like really, really good. But he certainly, I think, has a following. I just don't, my point of all this is I don't know if Otani's there yet. And I think some of it is, is the same. It, it, there's, a, there's an American player that might be the greatest player uh, conversation as well uh, that is playing in this generation that also doesn't get that attention that, that many people think he deserves, and that is Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's so it's got to do. I don't know if it has to do with his heritage or where he's from as much as it has to do with where he plays. You know, like when Hideki Matsui or uh, Hideo Nomo or those guys were playing in these in big markets, and I'm not sure how big a star is, but they they weren't changing the game. Like Shohei Otani playing for the Mets, playing for the Yankees, playing for the Cubs, playing for heck the Braves. Um, he might be. It might be a different level, man. But but I just think the Angels doesn't cut it. And I think the Angels have proven not to cut it. And I think other teams have shown that, too. Like, um, like we've seen that a little bit with a guy like Machado, right? Uh, he's kind of stuck. I don't know about stuck, but he's in San Diego. I don't think he's ever going to get the love. I feel like a guy like Vlad Guerrero in Toronto gets more love than Machado in San Diego. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's and, interesting, though, when it comes to the Angels. Like, you're right. I don't think you're wrong, but... I think it's funny, like, oh, the Angels aren't a big enough market, but the Dodgers are. Still LA. Well, but I think I there mean, is a difference, though. But no, there, there, is a difference. there definitely is, but I just, like, I don't think, I think the Angels suck, and the Angels have sucked for so long that if the Angels were good, it wouldn't be a problem. But the Angels consistently have two good players, and everybody else on the team is dudes you've never heard of or could barely beat, like, a rec softball team. That's the problem with the Angels. It's not the market. What's the best way to phrase this? Non American? Um, or foreign athlete. I go foreign athlete. Foreign born, right? Yeah. Probably foreign born athlete. Uh, yeah, I mean, foreign. The other so, one with Greek freak would be uh, Luca, but it's the same. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good call. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. But I was thinking a little bit back to like those Spurs teams, like guys like Parker and Ginobili. Where's Parker from? Uh, is he France? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure he is. I'll take a word for it. I know Ginobili's from somewhere else. So, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, dialogue, I think. The, the biggest foreign-born athletes in American sports. Yeah, Greek Freak, I think, is kind of topping the list. Yeah, him and Luca, no doubt. Greek Freak, Luca. More national sport. I mean, international sport, though, with basketball. True, true. Because, yeah, you don't really find it in football. Actually, not at all. Um, well, yeah, you don't have it in football. See, that's the other thing. Like, our biggest sport is football, right? Uh, our biggest base. And we don't have – you don't have a lot of foreign-born players, number one. Uh, Roy McIlroy. Uh, McIlroy is a good one. McIlroy yeah. is a very good one. McIlroy feels about – see, the bottom line is sooner or later you have to feel like you become Americanized, it feel, it, it's like, right? Mm-hmm. Like Gretzky and Crosby and those guys fit that bill. And I think – McElroy and, and some of the golfers, but McElroy especially, I think he really is that. Like, he lives in Jupiter half the year or now or whatever. I mean, he, he really feels that, but you know he's not American. Like, it, there, you know that by every time he gets in front of a microphone. So, uh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. So, uh, it's it's fascinating thing with baseball, which also is a global sport, by the way. And I just don't know, uh, to, to kind of wrap up my thought here, if Shohei Otani will ever get the due that you want him to get, or that he really deserves and earns. Yeah. Um, because uh, because he's just not a, an American-born player, and he doesn't feel American. Right. You know, um, and and I'm not sure he will, in that sense. Yeah. So probably. Um, it's uh, again, I don't think that's like a bias. Uh, uh, I I don't sense that that's the case. I just think it's like a sub-level of, of sport, you know? I mean, I think 
we have learned to over Olympic time and, and other things like Ryder Cups and other things like that to root for the American player. You know, you root for your home country guy. Like Shane Lowry's a star in Ireland. He's not a star here. Like True. it doesn't mean nobody doesn't. It doesn't mean people don't like him. <laughs> it just means he's not going to be a star here. Mm. But he's an absolute star uh, in a place like Ireland. So, like, again, I don't know if there's anything necessarily wrong with it, uh, but it does feel like this guy who now is dominating the game like nobody else has in decades and decades and decades and decades uh, doesn't, therefore, get the attention that he deserves. One, because of that, but two, because he's playing for the Angels. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, that got me off way on a tangent, but I kind of like the conversation. Uh, and really, what I was trying to get back to was how good was the All Star Game, man? Uh, did you enjoy it? Did I mean what stole the show? Baseball had a great moment last night. It didn't matter the score. It didn't matter who hit, pitched, played, whatever. The interactions live with the microphone stole the show. Mm-hmm. And if you wonder why media can make a difference, and if you think network TV can make a difference, if you think any kind of broadcast can make a difference, well, I think it was on display last night. Uh, people are talking about <laughs> the pitcher mic'd up, right? They are talking about those moments. And I think if you watch Sunday Night Baseball, it's been some of the great moments of the year anyway. You get guys like Verdugo, and I think Betts has been in there, and Acuna Jr. and others uh, that have been mic'd up on Sunday Night Baseball, and they're fantastic. I mean, they are playing a game that matters, and it matters if they win or lose in those Sunday night games. And they are talking like uh, they're playing at a practice. Now, last night was kind of a practice. It was an exhibition, and therefore that's why the pitchers had a chance to be mic'd up. Uh, but that was sensational. And uh, I don't know if we can continue to find ways to do that. But for Major League Baseball, Casey, it was a massive win last night, and it had nothing to do with the product. It had everything to do with the presentation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have no idea who got hits and who didn't, but my favorite part was definitely when Alec Manoa was mic'd up and was like asking John Smoltz what he wanted him to throw. That was that was the best part of the whole game for me, and it continued on obviously with everybody else. Nestor Cortez and uh, Jose Trevino were mic'd up. That was pretty dope while they were uh, pitcher and catcher. But yeah, that was that was the highlight of the thing. You had Big Poppy running through the dugout at a point. That was pretty cool. So yeah, I mean they need they need to do more of it. To your point, and I disagree with you there, where it's like games that matter, bro. There's 162 of them, you know, 162 of them. So Mike come up for two innings one time in an 162-game season, and they'll probably be okay. You know what I mean? Like, baseball's so long, the season's so long, make some games where you might come up. Like, that player's weekend, Mike come up and see what happens. If you, say no, if you say no, you say no, right? Yeah. I guarantee you some of those guys will be like, you know what? Let's do it. Listen, I think, I think the – uh, if it was me, I'd feel uncomfortable doing it because I'd want to be at my best, fully focused. I'd feel like it would take away. But I think what these guys are also showcasing is that they can still do really well talking before the play that's about to happen. <laughs> like, that's how good they are, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they keep themselves loose, and it's a game that's slow anyway, and you got to keep yourself in it. And so I think there's, there is, there's, there's room to maneuver here where this could happen more often. Um, and I think people really like it. I've said this before when it's happened even the last couple years in the All-Star game, to listen to a guy, uh, I think it was Lindor when he was with Cleveland. I think, I think that's the one I remember. And you, like, learned about the game, like what he was looking for on the pitch and what he was, where he was uh, lining up and, and just all these different nuances of the game. And I'm a guy that I feel like I know baseball a little bit. 
So I thought that was really cool. And so I think it gives you an element of that. It shows off personalities, which there are plenty of them in the game right now. And you're doing something different. Nobody else is doing it. Like, nobody else does this in sport. Yeah, no I doubt. Mean, they're doing it at, like, the uh, AAF, or maybe they're doing it in the USFL. Like, But you get what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. the farthest people go are in-game interviews with the coach or a halftime interview or a post-game interview. Like, and, and maybe a mic'd-up segment uh, that commonly now happens in the NFL and, and other sports where guys are wearing a mic, but you later cut it up in post-production and play it back, but not this live interview. And it, it takes on something else when you do have that guy in the booth asking a question who's been there. And Smoltz, I think, is really good. And so when you had that, I mean, just brilliant. It was just brilliant. And, and I don't know how, like, you got to be careful. to When things really work, can you duplicate them, right, uh, in any walk of life, in, in, in broadcasting, in sports? Uh, you're always trying to duplicate and one-up, but can you? And uh, I think they... I think they can because there are more personalities out there uh, to present. I, I don't know how you do the pitcher one, but I think you could really do like the catcher. The catcher's good. I think he would be great. And I think you could do a lot of other position players uh, and, and guys on the bench and guys in the bullpen. And um, so bottom line, Casey, I mean, it comes off as a big win last night at the All-Star Game, and it all had to do with presentation instead of, like, the product on the field, which, by the way, is also good. You get the world's best. And there were, there were some really good moments, including right before the first play of the game or second play of the game, the uh, second baseman play behind the back. So, yep. like, um, I mean, you – but it was really neat to see how, like, uh, this is why networks pay a lot of money. This is why – uh, sports and big-time sports and pro sports need networks or need people to broadcast their games because we saw it yesterday. Like, there is that intermediate person, um, and it's not really a person in this, uh, this instance. It's a TV. It's a mobile phone. It's a, it's a whatever. It's an iPad. It's whatever you're watching on. And um, I think they sold a lot of tickets last night based on that. They did. I think, by the way, that was a great idea you just had, like mic up the bullpen. I'd pay to listen to Liam Hendricks narrate the whole game from the bullpen with no other announcers. That guy's incredible. But the one thing that we need to get next year in the All-Star game, the only thing they missed last night, and I don't know if it's really a miss because I don't know if anybody's considerate, Mike the pitcher and the batter. How great would that be? They can hear each other. So the pitcher, yeah. the pitcher could mess with them and be like, oh, this is – you know what I mean? That would yeah, be fantastic. Yeah. You'd probably have to get two guys that are like former teammates or something, but how great would that be? Yeah, that'd be really good. But, yeah, uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was a really enjoyable watch because of that, not because of the actual – like I said, I, McClanahan got rocked in the first inning. I remember that. And Stan hit that long home run. I remember that. And then the Cardinals dude, who I've never once heard of in my life, came out throwing 103 miles per hour. Those are three things yeah. I remember about the actual game. Yeah, and and I'm not even sure if I'm I, like I don't even go wow anymore at 103, even though I should. Uh, that that dude's disgusting. I still don't know his name is like Henley or something. I've never heard of him. I don't know who he is. He is disgusting. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, so anyway, it was a pretty wild night. It was a cool night. I don't know. Like, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it because we've had these ideas in the past and we floated them out there, and I'm not sure it'll ever come to fruition. But when you have a night like last night, all that does is build momentum to do more. And the people who are reluctant usually are the, the players and the coaches and the teams and, the, or, and like, the, like, the leagues. The TV wants to do everything, you know? Yeah. But the, those are people – well, last night they saw the, – the league saw, hey, that's good for our brand. 
uh, coaches and whatever. I'm not sure it matters in this conversation. And players probably saw, hey, that was good for my brand. I want to do that. I want to be the guy that wears the mic. Yeah. Like, I, I actually think guys said that last night, and you're usually talking about players who are like, yeah, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, like, in, in that scenario, to your point, take a team like Oakland that sucks and has no chance of doing anything. If I'm on Oakland, I'm like, hey, let's just mic up. What do we have to lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll give you one more thought as we as we roll the break. But real quick, if you wanted to televise and nationally televise a spring training game, that's where you really try it. Like, you try oh, your stuff that you're talking about, pitcher to uh, to hitter, and even have the catcher mic'd up the whole time. And you you could really have some fun with that part of it. Yeah. If you did it that way. So, um, anyway, we'll see what they do. But we're, we're going to see more of it. That was fantastic stuff. And the best part of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game on a Tuesday. We'll take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll be back right after this. It's complete fabrication. Um, I don't know who where the source came from. I've got my inklings, but other than that, it's... Uh, yeah, that, that clubhouse is fine. I think the only issue that our clubhouse has had is complacency and the fact that we thought we were we would just roll out of bed and be able to do what we did last year, and that is something that has proven not to be true, and that is actually going to be better for us in the long run. There's no issues in our clubhouse with any dissension, with any clicks, with any uh, kind of lack of leadership or anything like that. It's, uh, it's a very strong family in that clubhouse. Is that more trout? Bro, that dude definitely had an accent, did he not? I can make up the accent. William Hendricks. Oh. William Hendricks. For the White That's Sox. That's the White Sox. Yeah. Um, trying to keep it together. White Sox can make a nice run here in the second half. I mean, they're certainly not out of it. And What are they, four back, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not too bad. So they got a chance. Uh, we'll see. who's. We're going to do that here in a little bit, actually. Like, where are predictions lied? Are we out of it in some respects? And who has the best chance to go to the World Series here now that the uh, – uh, everything kind of gets a second breath, a reset going into uh, part two of the Major League Baseball season. All right, so uh, just just pick well, a couple things first. You just broke some news to me in the break that this always has to get brought up. Like when I've been here three and a half years and change, uh, I, I don't have an office. I've been here actually 15 years in the building, and I don't have an office. Like I'm an office by myself. Yeah. Like – Austin was here like six months, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't. He was here for a couple of years, and then he went to the other side of the building. As soon as he went to the other Never side of the came building, back. he gave him an office. Mm-hmm. For like, um, when he didn't even, he was on for like a week there. Yeah. Right? So Austin does you, have an office, yeah. So he has an office. Which, by the way, we should just like do stuff to his office since it's right outside our door. Yeah, and he just leaves it open. Yeah, so we should totally do stuff all the time. He has all like, kinds of stuff on the walls, by the way. I went in there one day to put more of his what? crap in there. Well decorated. Yeah, it is well decorated. I'm just going to put, like, a picture of me outside his office, like, on a daily basis, a different picture of me. Yeah. So but then To that do way that, you'd have to come to work, though. I would. I might need to hire somebody to do that. Yeah. I'll have, like, a, a courier. Well, if the price is right, Brent, you know, hit me yeah. up. Yeah. DoorDash. Literally. <laughs> DoorDash photos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... And now, so the word is, like, you just told me you and Brian Middleton, uh, Action Sports Shacks OT, now has offices. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Why hasn't anybody offered me an office? Well, here's kind of what happened, right? Um, there's an office with the Jonas Brothers on it down the hall, and I said, let me get the Jonas Brothers office. And they said, no, that's for people that are important. 
I said, oh, okay, no problem. So then Brian, when Brian started over at OKV, that he was like, let me get an office. They're like, no. And then I guess somebody sparked the idea that if we give them each an office to share, they'll shut up. So we got an office to share. And as far as I know, we shut up. Well, there you go. We I got, mean, I think... We got I nothing think, in our office, though. But, well, we've done this before. Like, if you listen, when we talk about offices in our building before, we have a million of them. Like, yeah. there are so many offices on the radio side. It's really a weird deal. Like, and, and I'll tell you something else. TV, we were just talking about this the other day because there's a... There, like, our office in TV, we have five people, technically, in a pretty small room, right? Like, you, you can attest to that, Casey. Yeah, the, the sports office in TV is rather small. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, so you're squeezing a lot in. And we don't complain a lot because kind of we're in and out, too. Like, very few times we're just, like, there. Sundays during the season, we do a lot of work in there. Um, but we don't really complain too much. As long as you're not in the newsroom and the TV side of things, you're winning. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the newsroom. That's just true. Ask anybody who's ever worked in, in local TV, sports, whatever, if you are out of the newsroom, you're winning. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we know that. We understand that. But... I just walked down the hall the other day, and, like, near our promotions department, it looks like they've either moved other people into offices or maybe people just quit or don't work there anymore. I don't know. But they've got a ton of open space. Like, it's bigger than our current office. So I was like, you know what? Maybe we should take this. I'm going to ask. I haven't done that yet, but i got to ask. Don't ask. Just move your stuff in. I'm on the the hunt for office space in our own building. And... uh, Honestly, I, I don't know what I would do with an office on the radio side. Hey, man, brother. I'm trying to figure it out as well. But at this point, I just feel like I, I think I would feel maybe if the bosses are listening, maybe just offer me one. Hey, I can tell you the office next to ours is open. Is it? Yeah, we could be office neighbors. All right. Yeah. So what are you going to do with the office? Not a clue. I asked Brian, and so I asked Brian, I was like, what are we going to do with this? And then we walk in there, and he's like, we're going to put the couch right here. I was like, what? A couch? A couch? Yeah, he wants to get a couch. He wants it to, he told me he wants it to be the number one hangout place in the building. I said, I don't like these people. Like, I don't want them in our office. So we're still debating, but uh, as of now, we have nothing. Yeah, see, that was a thing, too. Like, when when we did get a separate office in... uh you know, in TV, and people would just come in there and congregate. Yeah. And talk. And, like, you know, I think every most of the time we liked it, but at sometimes you're like, what are you doing in here? Get out of my office. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, we're escaping you. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to go when you start coming to work, though. I'll go in my office. You know? That's good. You have to tell me where that is. Give me a directional map. You'll find it. It's got my name on the door, Brent. You even have your name on the door. Well, they didn't just give us a door now. They had to say who's in the door. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I want the office. I'm never going to use it, not put anything in it, but I want my name on the outside. Just keep it locked all the time. There you go. You can get that. There's plenty right by ours. That's pretty much what ours is going to be, I think, unless Brian starts hanging out in there. Gosh, all this offseason, all this negotiation that we had, I should have negotiated an office. That's what Brian did, or that's what he says he did. He said he negotiated it for us. I don't know if it's true or not. Good for him. Uh, didn't negotiate it for me, Brian Middleton. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Wednesday.
If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 